0: To everyday life. So as you're seated, you can take your Bibles with me and turn to Matthew 14. Matthew chapter 14 is our focus today. If you've been with us for the last few weeks, you know what we've been talking about. If this is your first Sunday, everything is fine. You can get right in step. We looked at the fact that there's nothing that our God doesn't know. That's his omniscience. There's no place that God doesn't exist. That's His omnipresence. And there is nothing that God cannot do. That's His omnipotence. That's His power. That's what I wanna talk to you about today. The omnipotence of God. Psalm 62 says that power belongs to the Lord. Psalm 147 says that our God is mighty He is abundant in strength. I opened the service talking about Jeremiah who in chapter 32 said that God has created the heavens out of his great power and nothing is too difficult for him. Praise his name. This power that we see is a creative power. All we have to do is look as God again puts the sun in the sky or puts the stars across the sky in the dark of the night. This creative power, this out-of-nothing power, this God of ours who created something out of nothing. Now, we've created a lot of things in, in the seasons of history, but it was always creating something out of something. But God has created something out of nothing. That's omnipotent power. Matter of fact, it's power over nature, power over illness, power over death, power to give life, power over the enemy. Finally, John just said, the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. The power of God. Now, if you forget the word omnipotence, if you get confused on trying to connect omnipotence with sovereignty, just fall back on a phrase that the writers of Scripture often use. It's this phrase, he's able. That's what I'm talking about when I say God is all-powerful. Hebrews says in chapter 7, he's able to save forever. Paul writing to Timothy says, Timothy, he's able to protect what you've entrusted to him. Then writing from Jude, he says, he is able to keep that which you've committed unto him and he's able to keep you from falling. Shadrach said, he's able to deliver us from the furnace. Our God is able. Could we just pause and give him praise that there is all power in our God. Bless his name for whatever you need. But I want to show you this omnipotent power in the passage of Matthew 14 so we see it applied to everyday life. Maybe you tried to deny the power of God, but most people don't deny the power because it's, it's so difficult. It's, I mean, it's no more difficult for God to create a world than to cure you of the common cold. He is all-powerful, and many people see that power. I think the greater question in this room is not does he have all power, but does that power work in everyday life? Matthew 14, verse 15 Here is an everyday life situation. As soon as Jesus heard the news, I'm sorry, that was verse 13. Let me skip down to verse 15. I'm sorry. It says, that evening the disciples came to him and said, now this is a remote place. and It's already getting late. Send the crowds away so that they can go into the villages and buy food for themselves. But Jesus said, this isn't necessary. You feed them. Uh, We are on the verge of an awesome story. but We have only five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. Bring them here, he said. Then he told the people to sit down on the grass. Jesus took the five loaves and two fish, looked up toward heaven and blessed them. Then, breaking the loaves into pieces... He gave the bread to the disciples who distributed it to the people. They all ate as much as they wanted. And afterward, the disciples picked up 12 baskets of leftovers. About 5,000 men were fed that day in addition to all the women and children. This crowd has followed Jesus because they've heard and seen his ministry. It's already getting late in the day, but seeing the crowds, he ministered. Now it's getting so late that the disciples are saying they're going to need to eat. Jesus, we've got to stop the church service. You've got to get them to the villages, send them away so they can buy food. Jesus responds with something that is going to show us then how his omnipotent power works in the face of challenges through ordinary people just like you and me. Jesus said, you don't need to send them away. You feed them. At that challenge, they have an impossible situation because they say, but Jesus, all we have are five loaves and two fish. Jesus then says, well, Give it to me. So they transfer it into his hands. Then Jesus, according to verse 20, he blesses it. He breaks it. Then he says, go distribute it. And that day, the Bible says, 20,000 plus people ate as much as they wanted. And then there were 12 baskets left over. They come with this little amount, and what was not enough becomes too much. And in between what was not enough and too much, don't forget what happened. There was a miracle where 20,000 people ate as much as they wanted. Have you ever been to potluck? I'm talking about 20,000 people at potluck eating as much as they wanted. And after all of that grazing, I mean eating, (laughs) there were 12 baskets brimming and running over with leftovers. We see in Matthew 14 this supernatural power of God working in and through followers just like you and me let's make observations let's learn from this let me set up maybe how you listen to this if you're a parent and you know the challenges of wanting to be at your best a spouse an employee maybe you own a business You have a dream. All of these things are are what we're talking about today. Hear this message through what the dream of your heart is. Use this powerful truth to counter the lies of the enemy that tell you you can never do what God has put in your heart to do. These followers they say to Jesus, we can't do this. Now, what happens when we're faced with a challenge is we often measure ourselves against the challenge. This is all we have. One, one version says, What is this among so many? Inadequacy. And then the sense of inadequacy leads to doubt. And then we begin to say, No way. This is all we have because we are measuring ourselves against the challenge. And then we can move to say, well, and this being all we have, and it's so little among so many, no need to give it because it wouldn't make a difference anyway. So then we protect. Instead of giving what we have, we protect what we have. We live a life of limitations. We have a mentality of scarcity. We catch that airborne disease of competition because there's not enough to go around so we have to get a hold of ours any way we can get it and protect it with all of our heart. And what happens is we live a very small life. The omnipotent power of God is big enough To break the limitations. The smallness off of our thinking. We have the power to build the greatest church in New Testament history. We have the power to influence the world because it is the power of the Holy Spirit. You have the power to lead a family that can know God and make Him known. You have the power to lead the life, the dream that God has given you. But if you aren't careful, you will allow the enemy of your soul to attach all kinds of limits and restrictions on your thinking. And you'll live a small life. I'm telling you, he's big enough to break a spirit of smallness. Hallelujah. So, here's what happens. They take what they have and transfer it. If you're going to live this kind of life, you got to transfer ownership. You got to take all you are. You don't pull out just your wallet or take off just your watch and give your money or your time. You give all of who you are. You take your one and only life that up against the challenge. Of world need is a mere sack lunch. So you take it and transfer it into the ownership of Jesus. It's called surrender. And when you do that, you are opening your life to be blessed with the supernatural power of God that makes you more than you could ever imagine. For God's glory and the meeting of needs around you. This will be our first Sunday night service in the new season of ministry, one a month. And it's where we can have a coming together of the 9 o'clock, 10, 30, and 12 o'clock service. I want to talk to you tonight at length, not a long sermon, but at length, about the power of God when God blesses you. We need to see that as a church. We need to see that as followers. Young people to senior adults, this, this is something that I want you to, I want us to walk in. Because when he lays his hands on it, that's where the change happens. Because it all depends on whose hands it's in. Football in my hands is worth the cost of the football from Walmart, about 15 to $25. You put it in a quarterback's hands of the NFL, I want to tell you it's worth like $100 million. You see what I'm saying? Basketball in my hands, it's worth fifteen bucks. In LeBron James' hands, hundred million. If you're mad at LeBron, let's go back to Michael Jordan. and Talk about him. <laughs> just don't get hung up. The point I'm making on is whose hands it's in. Someone after the first service came by and said, "I don't like LeBron." Doesn't change the fact he can hoop it up. All right, you see what I'm saying? Put a basketball in his hands as opposed to my hands. No, there's just like no comparison. You see what I'm saying? It's all about whose hands it's in. Jesus said, give it to me. When you transfer your one and only life into the hands of Jesus. See, that's what Moses did. He put his whole life. So then at the Red Sea, when God needed someone to let him be God. Moses took that staff. You see, Moses was a shepherd. That was part of his his gift mix, his leadership, his skill set, his assignment, the way God had wired him up and created him. And Moses had taken it and put it in the hands of God. And so then Moses could raise that staff. And the Red Sea rolls back on the left and on the right. A miracle of supernatural power happened because the guy transferred ownership. Mm Mm-hmm. If you take what you are, all that you are, and transfer it into the hands of Jesus, I want to tell you that's where the blessing of God comes. If you're trying to compartmentalize, Lord, you can have, you, you have this. I'll keep the rest. That will not bring the blessing of God. See, some people... Say, I love Jesus, I don't tithe. And let me, I know, see, do you feel that oxygen? It's like we were doing well, weren't we? And you can feel it. He he mentioned money. (laughs) All the oxygen just left the room. (laughs) Where's the mask? Where's the mask? The cabin has lost pressure. This isn't a sermon about money, but money is a real application of the sermon and a way to follow through on the sermon. But just one aspect, the only reason I would ever struggle with my money is because I haven't transferred complete ownership. I said, hey, Lord, you can you can have some of my time, some of my gifting, but I leave my wallet in here. That See, it's not an issue of money. It's an issue of heart. If you just transfer you, then all of those other That are part of who you are will become resource, part of the influence, part of the witness, part of the dream, part of the life, the purpose of which God has created you. So just let it be a life issue, not a money or time. Bring all that you are. That's the first thing. Give your life to Jesus. Then it says he not only blessed it, but he he broke it. And what I think happened is... In the breaking, was not only just actually breaking. I mean, come on, it's five loaves. You don't break five loaves into enough where twenty thousand people eat all they want. If you broke the five loaves into fish, you just you'd have to break it into thirteenths just to feed the disciples in Jesus. That's not going to. That's not going to fill anyone up, all right? So we're talking, there's something going on when it says he, he blessed it and he broke it. Something's happening in that idea of breaking. And I think what's happening is in that moment, he, he broke that spirit of smallness, that lack, the unbelief, the limitation. It's like, here are five loaves and two fish. They can only do so much, but if God breaks the limits off of it, then whoosh, It becomes enough to feed a multitude. Isn't that awesome? See, when you put your whole life in his hands, then he can break the limitations off of your thinking and you can do a whole lot more than you ever thought you could do because that's when you put some super in your natural and the omnipotent. The power of God flows through you. Come on, I'm getting more excited about this by the minute as we just take who we are, put it in his hands, and let him break off all those limitations. All the stuff we've we've stacked up to be reasons why we could never be what we think we're called to be, why we could never do what we think we're created to do. I, I am wanting to fight the devil with everything in me when it comes to someone limiting their future. God has planted you here, placed you here to shine as light and be the salt. Don't spend a second letting the devil tell you what you can't do and what you can't be and what you can't have. Let the one who created you make the assessment of you. And he says of you, with him, All things are possible. Now, getting stirred. The question would be that as you give of yourself, how does that become enough for the crowd and then you end up with this in return? How does this become this with a miracle of feeding 20,000 in between? The supernatural power of God. See, it sets me free that success is not about my ability. It is about my surrender to allow Jesus to be great through me. Do I yield what he's put in my hand as Moses did the staff, as David did the slingshot? Absolutely. You yield the education, the experience, the expertise. Yes, you do. But at the end of the day, it's the power of God because there's no level of expertise that turns this into that. Only God. Now, we as a church family need to walk in this. God can multiply the ministry of this church. We can sit around and talk about all we wish we had and what we don't have or we can say, here God bless and break off the limits and use us for your glory. Praise the Lord. I just want to throw away any thought of lack or limitation or scarcity. Don't be afraid of the future. Embrace it. And then what we see here is the law of reciprocity. That when you give, it'll never come back in the way you give. When you give of yourself, it's, it's this. When it comes back, it's this. Because you never, it never comes back in the way you give it. It comes back pressed down, shaken together, running over. See, we, we, we live protecting. How can, I, how can I afford to give time to serve in that ministry. How can I afford to give money for the mobile medical outreach? How see we live protecting we measure ourselves against the need. We measure what we have rather than saying, I'll give what I have. I'll just give what I have and watch what God will do. And then we see something powerful happen. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians. This is in chapter 9. And I'll begin reading at verse 8. And God will generously provide all you need. There is a great passage, isn't it? Look at it on the screen. Verse 8 says, And God will generously provide all you need. What will God do? Provide what? All. See, that, that means I don't have to live... In scarcity, protecting, I can live free. And God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have, say that next word with me, everything you need, and say this next phrase, and plenty left over. Plenty left over. To share with others. I'm going to pause. we're going to keep reading, but please know that once we give this and we get that, it's not so we stockpile. now we can take this and transfer. and then it stays in circulation because whatever gift you have, you can improve on that gift whatever expertise you have you can be better whatever money you're making giving yourself to God and being diligent you can make more money honoring God and being diligent you can get more done in less time so you you have more you have all of these precious commodities and it's not so you stockpile but so that in God's hands and then he touches it, blesses it, and breaks and more and more light shines through your one and only life. Let's continue our study of this passage of Scripture. As the Scriptures say, verse 9, they share freely and give generously to the poor. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. Now, this is very important. Verse 10, for God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. You want to do a study sometime. In Matthew 14, is the feeding of the 5,000. Around 18 is where they're back in a situation and Jesus says, hey, you need to be aware of the leaven of the Pharisees. You know, leaven is that yeast that got in the bread and it infected and it infiltrated he says he's making a lesson, and the disciples look at each other, and, and he goes, "Oh man, we forgot to bring bread. Oh man, it's like no, I don't need your bread. If you have a cracker, I can, I can multiply. Crack. If you don't have anything, I can make something out of nothing." What he's saying is, be aware of the leaven of the Pharisees. He's talking about an attitude. There selfish. They are scarce in their mentality and in their attitude. And he's saying, be aware of that attitude. I am the one that will provide the seed, and then that becomes bread to eat. I am the provider, but as I provide, don't be selfish. In the same way, he will provide, watch this, and increase your resources. This is what happened in Matthew 14. He increased. And then it says, you will be able to be generous. He says, I will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. Yes, you will be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. What a way to live. Just put your life in God's hands. Let him place his hand on you. Let him break off all these old ways of thinking, limitations, unbelief, lack of faith, inadequacy, inferiority, insufficiency. Just put your life in God's hands and let him use you in a powerful way. Because he says he will always give you everything you need so that you can be generous of heart. So that you can live that way. So that this never stops. It's just a continual flow. It's a continual process. All right? So I'm talking about your life. Number one, I'm asking you to put your life in God's hands. But now let me go back to the touchy subject of money. And use it as an application. Because it's, it's a very clear way to talk about this. Now when you are challenged to honor God with the tithe. I don't have to say, but wait a minute. I can't afford to tithe. See, you're measuring what you have against your challenge. You don't have to do that because God's bigger than your challenge. You don't have to say, well, well, my tithe's not very much, and it wouldn't make a difference anyway. Oh, yes, it will because God blesses it and makes it more just the way 90% with the blessing of God is far greater than 100% without His blessing. It's the same with the church. It's, the church will never live on equal gifts. The church exists on equal sacrifice. Because God takes the widow's might and makes the whole world to know about it. Because it's not about equal gifts. It's just taking what we have and putting it in his hands. And so I want to challenge you. Don't measure what you have against the challenge measure it against God and say, God, I'm putting it in your hands, and honor God with the tithe. Then when I say we have this global local initiative, the local part between now and the next four or five weeks is to get ready again for the mobile medical outreach three miles from here at Indian Springs Apartments. We have to fund that. And so, We give. You say, but all I have is a dollar or two dollars or two hundred dollars. It's just honor God. Just put it in the Lord's hands and let him use it. The global part is to prepare 1,500 boxes with blankets and other supplies to help people on an Indian reservation in Arizona. It's going to cost us $20,000 to get these 1,500 boxes ready to go with the supplies needed. Just do what you can. Why am I bringing this up? Why am I going to end this message with an opportunity for you to give? Because it's a way for you to act on the message you've just heard. God needs a whole lot more in your money. Matter of fact, he doesn't even need your money. It's very important for all of us to hear. If you never tithe, the church will go forward. Let me give you the latest statistics about churches nationwide. This is a nationwide statistic. 3% of the church family ties. That's a national stat. So obviously, God can still build his church. You say, well, praise the Lord. That's what I've been needing someone to say. uh, Because I'll I'll just be part of that 97% hallelujah because God can do it without... See, it's just, it's just. I, oh, please, if you think I'm manipulating, don't give a dollar. Find another church and say that, that pastor manipulates, if that's what you think I'm doing. I want to just be as practical and as honest with you as I can. Time, talent, money, it all came from God. And in those areas, you're, you're building who it is you are. You have a personality. You have a life. In that life, you have those talents and time, and the money. and you put it in the Lord's hands. I started in verse 8 of 2 Corinthians 9. Verse 7 says, the Lord loves a cheerful giver. Oh, for the day that we as a faith family can just look forward to honoring God with our resources because we... We've broken out of this scarcity. We've broken out of, of this carnal mentality that somehow I can't afford to do that. Because I, if I give the, of the five loaves and two fish, I'll have even less in return. I just want you to experience this. I want you to experience, I want you to walk in this. Second Corinthians Don't hear this through some preacher that took advantage. Hear Paul saying in 2 Corinthians, God will give you everything you need so that you can live a generous life, so that then you can honor God with the assignments that he gives you. If you are led by God into some other community, into some other city, into some other nation. I want you living this principle because this is where your life becomes much more than you could have ever imagined so that when you stand before the judgment seat of Christ you can declare that you surrendered and then there's this witness of what God has done because he got involved and made it more than you could ever imagine. It's called living the dream of God for your life. If if I could come up with a way to do an altar call right now about your time, I would just make it about time. But that's something you're going to have to do this week as God says, hey, spend a little more time and talk to that person. Hey, talk to one of the associate pastors and get involved in a ministry and give some time. Acts of kindness that will happen through this week. We've got to have a way to respond right now. Now, so that you start living this. To every man in this room, because men and money, that's that's just a, that's a, that's a touchy subject. You hear me today. You are a leader, and I want you to just take the scripture you've heard today and place it before God in your heart and do what you feel God is saying to you to do. Follow through. Break out of small thinking, and live a big life. I close with this. God is big enough to break a spirit of smallness, limitations, lack, unbelief off of us so that we can live the life that He saved us to live. We can know what it is to just put our life in His hand not knowing how God was going to do it. How did five loaves and two fish feed a multitude. We still don't know. I mean, did it, he said he gave it to them and they distributed it. As they're walking along, is there just more and more, every time they reach in, there's just more like in the Old Testament with the the widow of Zarephath. I don't know. And people get caught up on that. We're not, a, God will take care of that. The issue is, will you give it to him, let him bless it, break it, so that you can go and be more than you could ever imagine, so that as you look back, you say, I don't know how that happened. but God did it. God did it. I want, I want us to know that. I want you to know that. Walk in that, and then you'll look at your children and your children's children, and you'll say, here's what I know about God. When you put your life in his hands, this becomes this. And in between is a miracle of supernatural power. Thank you, Lord, for our day and our challenge from your word. And now may we act upon it. May we act upon this word. With your eyes closed and heads bowed, the, the first place of stewardship is I give my life to Christ so that he's my savior. That's the first act of surrender. It will not produce the kind of life that God wants for you if you try to give some of the resources but not your heart. I'm asking you today to give your heart to Jesus. If you have never given your heart to Jesus... Accepted him as your personal Savior. Brought your heart in full surrender to him. Would you just raise your hand right now? Say, I need Jesus to become my Savior. Wait just a moment because I believe that the Holy Spirit is knocking on the door of hearts today. And this is your day just to surrender to him. Surrender. Just lift your hand. I'll pray with you, for you. You just give yourself to Jesus. Quit trying to figure it out, work it out. Life works when you put your life in His hands. You know about this relationship, but you've drifted from it, and today you need to return. Just raise your hand and say, I need to return to that place of relationship with Jesus that I once knew. God bless you. Anyone else? Lord, I pray. my brother who says, there's a gap and I'm closing the gap today. There's a disconnect, but I'm reestablishing your grace flows, your forgiveness is there, your power is doing that work of mercy, forgiveness, so that now in that renewed relationship there can be that hope of God's preferred future I thank you for it I pray for everyone in this room that they would take their life transfer ownership and then in your hands be blessed and have all of the restrictions broken off minds and hearts so that they can move forward in completion of the task that you have given it is not by might nor by power but it is by your spirit that this happens and so our place is surrender and trust forgive us of selfishness and small mindedness and a scarcity mentality. May we live in your power and may we see it expressed to confront the challenges of our day and be more than enough. In Jesus' name. Now as the ushers come and take their places, what we're going to do is honor the Lord with our tithe. And then once we have received the tithe, if you'd like to find the nearest song, come forward and give an offering. It will help us with mobile medical. It will help us with our Christmas outreach. In the 1,500 boxes that will be filled with supplies that will go to people in need. Let's make it happen. Let's let's allow something spiritual to happen. Let's allow a generosity to, to just open up within us toward God and people. and and need around us. Let this be a miracle moment in your life. Let this say, hey, the dream can happen in my life. In Jesus' name, God bless you as you give.